So I should probably do an introduction to what this is, um, to all of our six listeners. This is a podcast I'm doing <laughs> predominantly for myself, um, where I talk to friends and family about interesting things going on in their lives or interesting chats I've already had with them this year that, that I think might be beneficial for others to hear or that I just want for posterity for myself. And the first person that we have on is my good friend, Jay, Jessica Trainer, JT. How are you? <laughs> Lil J. Lil J, yeah, yeah. LL Cool J, I'll take it. <laughs> so um, Jay is one of the most emotionally intelligent people that I've ever met. Um, Jesus. Very much a people pleaser. Hilarious. Very addictive to be around. And, sorry, I have some notes here. Put away pints like it's nobody's business. Oh, I'd love a pint. I haven't had a pint in about, <laughs> I'd say in about four, four months now at this stage. So, uh, God, that's next rough. time. Yeah, next time. And I have it tattooed on my wrist. So next time that, yeah. um, it's probably going to have me buckled. <laughs> um, also, sorry. Yeah, I should also say that we're both air signs. And we have the same Taurus moon and Scorpio rising, which <laughs> according to CoStar, which everyone knows is full facts and no lies, yeah. Um, yeah. it means that we never run out of things to talk about. No. We empathise with each other's emotions and passions and we make excellent lovers, <laughs> which, oh, okay. which is so such a pity. Yeah, yeah, Carl beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I would agree with the first two though, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think that's why it was so easy, you know, living together and stuff. It was just because, but it took us, I don't know, you're going to ask me some questions, but it took us how many years of knowing each other before realising <laughs> we're literally the same people, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I actually, actually remembered this story the other morning that mm. I highly doubt that you remember Um, mm. in primary school, right? First year. Yeah. So like five, five or six running around, maybe yeah. a little bit older, I can't remember, but roughly that, in yeah. Belgrove. And I think I was very used to spending time on my own, like with my family and stuff, because they were a bit older. And we'd go down to yeah. Rasselaer and I was the youngest. So like, I'd kind of do my own thing with our neighbor's dog and wouldn't really <laughs> talk to like people. <laughs> and, uh, Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and... I remember there used to be this pole. I don't think you'll remember this, but there used to be this pole in the playground, uh, like a running up to the roof that allowed water to go down to the drain. And there was like a tiny gap between the pole and the wall. And I used to like squish myself into it and just not yeah. talk to anyone for the whole, for all of yard, right? That sounds Every nuts. And like the teachers come over and be like, you okay, hon? <laughs> and then I remember you like tipped me on the shelf. You were like, um, uh, do you want to play chasing with us? And I was like, no. And then the next day you asked me again and I was like, yeah. And then we oh. played chasing and you introduced me to all of the CGs that way. Stop. That's I just, promise you. Just, no way. So was that in, that was in the junior school? Junior school, like yard. Cause I remember, like I've literally flashbacks of that pill. I used to love it so much. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, but like well, other people will remem remember this. Cause I know Ellie remembers me like st sticking my, uh, whole self into that pool so yeah thanks thanks for the that, mates honestly that's absolutely nuts I've no memory <laughs> of that but like in school all I used to want to do was play chasing 
Like I had so much energy, as you know, living with me, what I'm like, like literally like bursts of energy. And I remember being in school, that's all, obviously because I have three brothers as well. Like it's just like we all, that's all we used to do, go out the back garden mm-hmm. and just like run around. As my mom was telling me the other day, actually, she said she used to tell us, go on out the back garden and play. And she used to be upstairs out the window smoking packs. <laughs> and like none of us knew. And I was yes. like, that is where I yes, went wrong. <laughs> Literally the exact same. Um, so funny. So yeah, I've no memory of that poll, but I'm I'm glad oh, yeah, I introduced you to all the guys. Yeah, but it's a good indicator of the type of person you are. That, like you see someone That's like gross. on their own and you're like, I'll help. Um, so mm. yeah, my question to you is like, we've known each other since say maybe potentially five or six. Yeah. Where for you do you feel we like, became friend or what's your like memory of us like being like oh we're actually good friends now yeah um I think we I suppose we both worked in the business park in like near Clontarf and I think we had like met up a few times for like just convenient it was like oh I know Claude's Claude's knows me like I kind of want to get, get out of the office and we'd go and like I could feel like we'd go for lunch and like I don't think we were both like really comfortable with each other. So like we might say something and I'd be like, geez, like that's exactly the same as me. Like you'd say something that's a bit mental. And I'd be like, okay, I can see like, there's so much potential here to be better friends because you'd get that like mad look in your eye that I always tell you about. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And I always used to think like after leaving those situations, like where we'd only have like say 40 minutes or whatever to have a quick lunch. um. I always would leave feeling like much better about myself and really yeah 100% and I think like there's like there's been friends down like down like you know throughout the years I'm sure you're the same where you'd leave a situation and like you wouldn't necessarily feel better about yourself and you'd kind of question you know you'd come back you know oh I'm not doing this I should be doing that because that's the type of situation that you're in um, you know being kind of compar- comparing yourself and with you it was just really kind of honesty like we were just both talking like muck to each other but like it was that absolute type of, muck absolute muck but like I don't think it was we weren't trying to impress each other we we're just being honest and like this is I know we were both kind of going through a uh, breakup at the time and um, kind of back and forth with myself obviously now I'm engaged and stuff but like I was going through a rocky patch personally and like you were the same so we kind of found comfort in that and then I think in January was it December yeah. maybe 2019 is when we just started going on drives and like it was such like I used to be so looking forward to that like even if you're going for like half an hour yeah. drive and just listen to music and we found out like we both like the exact same music and it was just so easy and I'd always like my mom would even comment on that when I'd come into the house like you know you're in such better form from, and that's the type of friendship that I want. I want to come back after kind of maybe just manipulating you and using you and getting the most out of no. you. Like, do you no. Know, do you know what I mean? Like coming back to a situation where we'd feel good. Totally mutual as well. Like those, yeah. there was one stage I think we were going on a drive a day, literally. I was like, do you want to go for a drive? <laughs> yeah. like, yes, we were please. Both, like losing Come our marbles. <laughs> Fully. So, yeah, I think, but it was yeah. so like, you know, like out of the damage well, for me, I had a fucking shit time at that stage. But, like, out of yeah. that damage came such a lovely, honest, true friendship that felt, like, yeah. very kind of healthy on each other. Like, it, was, it wasn't yeah. that we were, like, codependent, like, at all. No, but it was more 100%. just, like, super... And, like, super just on the same page about everything as well, which was helpful. I think so, yeah. And, look, as well, I think with our... 
with our friendship we like are okay with like challenging each other as well like I don't think it's ever going to turn into an argument it's not like you might say something that might make me feel like uncomfortable with like maybe something that I have as a prejudice or whatever and I like I appreciate that because I think with all, all the stuff that's gone on in the past couple of years that's really eye-opening um I think we need to and I think mm. like maybe being in that collective group of girls for so long you've you get so comfortable not being challenged and not being kind of pushed so then when you meet someone who has been in that in that friend group and you didn't necessarily just choose to be their friend because of being in school with them you choose it because you actually have the same interests I think that's where you really start to kind of grow as a person having those friendships so like it's been absolutely nuts I think we've both like crossed the line of insanity to like a lot of times (laughs) but I think it's been like insane and like really beneficial for the for the both of us totally agreed um I couldn't have picked a better person to be in lockdown with like genuinely like you can't be in a bad mood around you like you can't like you can't like you have to like there was so many times that I'd be like like falling down the stairs just like dead and then you just start singing I see that voice that incredibly high-pitched singing voice and like immediately made switched around like there's no way it's like um symbiosis or something like if you're yeah. if you're in close contact with you it's like well <laughs> I have this energy <laughs> literally like, I've got like, this energy and this happiness <laughs> yeah I, I do know like I think but that's that hasn't always been the thing as well with me it's like it hasn't always been that way which is mm. I was so glad because like I'd stuff stuff going on with my health and everything like that before I moved out so my parents were a bit nervous as to me moving out and stuff but I think it was genuinely like the best thing ever was moving out mm. and like like even like you think you know someone um and then you live with them and it's a completely different experience you think you know yourself and then you live and then you're like jesus i did that like i didn't realize yeah. that's what i do I didn't realize that True. annoyed me so much like which is it's good to kind of see that and like obviously with lockdown it was absolutely nuts um it was like the, the big brother house honestly and but like we i think like we were all so good for each other we we really like wouldn't let each other away with anything which is great. Yeah. Like you might say it, I don't know, I, I think with our type of friendships and even with, with like bangs being as well, like, you, you know, you'd be, we're upfront pe- people. um, And if, you know, if we're not able to have that conversation with each other, you know, you might give yourself some time to kind of, I don't know, let off some steam and then come back down. And, you know, I that's what I really loved about it as well, was being able to be completely comfortable. And like even that mm-hmm. night I was telling my parents about it recently. I was like, we had this, we went around to Antisocial and uh we got those cocktails, you know, when we did the Casacage club night. And oh. like I was just saying how nuts that night was. Like we would just sit there and the three of us were just crying. We'd no idea why we were crying, but we were just all like just so open with each other. And I think that was yeah. s- s- that night was really, really funny. Like, but it was great oh, as well hilarious. because we needed it. We did. That was like a real bonding moment of mm. the roommate situation. Um, <laughs> it's so mad. Like, it's, I still find it so crazy that, like, the three of us have known each other for so long. And mm. up until even that night, there was loads of stuff that I didn't know about, like, going on with bangs or going on with you or, like, mm-hmm. your guys, like, going on with me. Yeah. And, like, it's so, it's so mad how you can have, like, such people in your life for so long and still only be scratching the surface of, like, how well you know them. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that cash. there's a photo of me with terrible co- contour. I think I was drunk when I did my makeup, but it's <laughs> on my Spotify monthly playlist this week because it's just so funny. 
and I have like my ID. It's yeah, it's gas. Um, But that was a great night. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. The whole sorry, the whole um, living situation was incredible. You guys put up with all of my mad, just mad dating stories. It was so easy, (laughs) and I like. I think we just like we we really got the best of it as well. Like, I think with everything going on with people's work, you know. It was such a mad situation. And I know that's what we all keep saying. It's like, like I kept saying that at the start. This is just yeah. mad. <laughs> but like we mad. literally just look out the window, and that's all you would say because there was no other words for it. Like we've never been programmed to deal with this. So like this was being thrown in the deep end. And I think if we were to live at home, maybe it would have been maybe not great for you know our like our relationship with our parents or with our siblings or whatever it was. I think it was good at the start to really kind of um even though we'd only been living together for a week when it went into lockdown like yeah. it was the best situation for us I think the time 100% agreed you know we we saw the reality of where we lived was you know Dublin 8 it it wasn't um it wasn't you know Rosie L. Plantarf like it was really <laughs> in the middle of it even yeah, though we were paying true. through the nose but like let's not talk about <laughs> that but like we were we saw the real truth of like Dublin and what it was going through and like how actually stark it is I thought yeah, that true. was mad um, very good point yeah yeah um okay so yeah we've kind of covered living together our friendship each other <laughs> I would love to talk to you about like what it was like being diagnosed with a chronic illness during a pandemic or just in general. Like we both, again, this is another thing that we both have, like it's like a shared chronic, well, not like that I have epilepsy, but it just feels like another thing that like brings us together a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Um, I suppose I'd give kind of, I don't know, whoever's listening to this, a background um, of kind of what I went through, I suppose. You guys would have known, um, you would have seen a few of the seizures or the episodes or whatever you'd like to call them. Um, they've been going on for nearly 10 years and I suppose um, I just started to kind of self-manage and learn to live with them because before I'd gone to see a neurologist, I was told, you know, I was put on these mad tablets, I was told, you know, it could be anxiety, went to see, to start doing CBT to deal with them. They didn't stop, but... I just started to kind of self-manage and, you know, I could feel them coming. I put myself in a situation where, you know, I might lie down. I remember it happened in in town with uh, with Ashton and, you know, I just went on my side, put a blanket on, pillow under my head, let it happen. And then afterwards you kind of get on with it because I was just thinking this isn't like, this is the way I'm made, made up. Um, I haven't been told what it is. And then when I came home, when we we all moved out and I started living here, uh, I kind of used to hide it from my parents a bit. Um, you know, Cahill obviously would he he would always say to me like, "Will you go get that checked out?" Um, and then when I came home here, I kind of started to have a few bad episodes, and then obviously the one I told you about before, um, where I was at home making dinner and, um, I just obviously blacked out and hit my head and concussed myself, and that's when, you know, I rang my mom and she knew straight away something was was wrong. Um, I couldn't get up off the floor. It was like I was paralysed from the waist down. So my, my auntie would have, she came up and my brother came home because I was by myself, you know, and the dog was lying on top of me. And it was really kind of, that moment was like, there was a part of me that was like, you know, you don't need to tell anyone. 
uh, you know, half of me was saying, don't call anyone. The other half of me was saying, this isn't right. You know, instinct to kind of say, this isn't right. This shouldn't be happening. So when I rang my mom and the ambulance came and everything like that. um, And then we, my uncle luckily uh, knew a neurologist. um, And I got in there and they did the test. I went to the hospital for a week and got some tests done. And it was clear as day that I'd epilepsy. So it was just, it's been absolutely nuts. Um, The past couple of months have been crazy. Um, but I'm kind of it is a weight off my shoulder now that I actually have a name to it and it's mm. kind of easier because I think you probably know yourself when you have something wrong with you people think I don't know is it Irish culture I don't know what it is it's oh yeah you'd be grand get on with this have a cup of tea you'd be grand and then you know you start getting crippled by it it starts affecting your mental health everything gets affected um so yeah I'm I'm glad to kind of you know I, even though with the pandemic going on I t- this has kind of been with me for 10 years so I think yeah. it's kind of even separate to the pandemic and everything that's gone on I'm just I've been in my own world with this um so it's it's great to kind of be able to take to take ownership of it now and being able to kind of take back the reins of my life and hopefully get back on track you know and be seizure free for Definitely. the foreseeable yeah yeah definitely and come here you know how you were saying like part of you was like oh you know like I shouldn't tell anyone Mm. like I'll get through this do you think there was like an element of like shame or or maybe over like maybe feeling like you should protect yourself Mm. rather than like or or what do you think like that like Mm. was it any of those because I know particularly with um women they have yeah. a tendency if something happens to be like no everything's fine I can deal with this I yeah. don't I don't want to make a big deal I don't want to yeah. make this like seem like something because I'm probably fine where yeah. do you think that like kind of stemmed from um I suppose it's probably stemmed from the past couple of years of being told you know it's anxiety you're having panic attacks um I think they try to fit you into a little box unfortunately I'm not saying everyone tries to do it there is that yeah. kind of aspect of it. You know, when, when the ambulance came, the paramedic said to me, you're having a panic attack. And I'm, I, you know, I spoke to my, my auntie about this and my mom about this. And they said, I look like a corpse sitting there. You know, this wasn't right. There was no colour. Yeah. I was grey. Um, and it's not, I understand panic attacks and they can be very, they're very scary for people who are having them. Uh, I knew it wasn't that. I think you have a gut instinct, but... The part mm. of me that was saying don't make the fuss, I think as well, that's what that's ha- has been another aspect of the epilepsy in the past couple of weeks with the, having the increase of seizures and stuff, is that kind of um you don't want people to be looking after you because you feel like you're making this big drama and you're making it worse for everyone else. But then, you know, my family have been saying to me, hey, what would you do if it was us? You know, True. everyone's gonna look. You're gonna look after your family and. I think you just start to, you, you want to be invisible. You want to fade into the background. You want this just, you've got your label now and hopefully just get on with it. But mm. I think we just have to stop doing that because there's so much. That's like actually one of the books I'm reading. My brother got me a book called Atomic, Hab- Atomic Habits by James Clear. And that's one of the things, you know, which just you have to kind of, you know, if you if you keep that mentality rolling, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And if you if you do that for everything, we're not going to get anywhere. There's going to be no progression. The likes of what happened with the U.S. Capitol, that was just little bits being allowed, you know, continue on. 
and then it True. just snowballs into this big massive um event so i think we all need to do that with ourselves as well i definitely do need to just stop to stop that mindset it's okay mm. to feel crap it's okay to acknowledge that um so i don't know definitely. is it a is it just a human thing is it or is it a female thing i don't know um being completely honest with you um going back to our schooling maybe um being you know told to be invisible you know your uniform and it, you know is the first thing people see they don't see the individual staying behind that and all this stuff so i think we have to kind of embrace being individual rather than you know being an epileptic person or someone with epilepsy or whatever so yeah 100 and that's also like something that i learned um after being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis like mm. nine years ago well 10 years ago because we're in 2021 which is yeah. crazy crazy actually <laughs> another point of me remembering you sticking up for me to one of our teachers who gave yeah. out to me because I couldn't <laughs> do my homework because I literally couldn't write <laughs> yeah wagon. um but anyway I actually really like her but like she obviously had no clue what was going on but anyway yeah um that that was something I learned as well like I didn't want to be known as like oh that girl with rheumatoid arthritis like that's yeah. a very small or like that bi girl like or like yeah, yeah, something yeah. defined by like one big label like where because mm. that's not what it, what it's about like but it also labels can help and like the names yeah, of things like that can help especially when you know that so like you were saying like entering intr- intrinsically you know something is wrong but you have mm-hmm. you've kind of need like a bit of proof for people to believe yeah. you because people will just be like oh yeah 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 you're having a hard time grand yeah so is everyone yeah. whatever mm-hmm. but like at least having that label makes it more I don't know like proof even though we shouldn't yeah. need that I um, shouldn't need it but yeah it's a hundred it's definitely made everything um I think being believed was the biggest thing for me and yeah that, it was just like I had when he said it to me you know he went through the neurologist had gone through he had said to me in the hospital I'd had these stereo they say call them stereo stereotypical um attacks or episodes and he said you know after I had one when I was coming back from the EEG which is a brainwave scan he said to me you know I don't think it's epilepsy he said you know he came into the room and was quite confident and then I started I really struggled with that because I was thinking, you know, even though I don't want it to be epilepsy, what else can it be at this point? You start going down that rabbit hole of, you know, where is this going? And then the week after he called me into the office because he got the results and was, you know, the results were fairly clear. And then he was saying, you know, I can't believe, you know, this is, this has been going on for so long. And I was just like, I honestly, my body, it was like my body let out this noise. And it was like, honestly, like, um like a high pitched kind of noise and it was just relief uh yeah. that someone you know you have the medical evidence to say this is and even if you don't have the medical evidence if there's something going wrong with you whatever it is it shouldn't be going on if you feel like it shouldn't be going on and if it's something to do with your mental health if it's something to do with your physical health whatever it is you need to i think you know my, even my mom said to me she said you're kind of sometimes talking yourself out of certain situations and saying oh well this and that no no something's wrong like listen to your body listen to what's going on and it shouldn't be happening simple as so there is a solution to it whether whatever it is and if it's if it's psychological it still needs to be fixed it shouldn't be happening 100 100 percent agreed yeah yeah um 
And yeah, because and if you don't get that answer, it doesn't, mm. it shouldn't negate the fact that you're still going through something as well. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but sorry, I was asking you about any like myths or prejudices people might have or say um, mm-hmm. towards people with epilepsy. Um. Yeah. So I suppose there's a few things that like we've all learned in terms of my family and myself. You know, like a lot of people don't know that having epilepsy isn't that stereotypical seizure you have on tv that people are you know foaming at the mouth like have those as well which they're they've only come on with the new medication but it's also you know the neurologist is saying to me i'm probably having seizures daily because a lot of seizures can be just staring into space and completely being unaware for 30 seconds and then coming back and then you might feel like you have a really bad headache after them or feel groggy or so there's all that type of stuff that I think a lot of people don't know about um you know people used to say put put a spoon in someone's mouth if they're having a seizure so their tongue doesn't roll back all these type of things that you just don't do anymore you know or you know you don't move someone when they're having a seizure you let them lie there until they're until they're out of it because you can damage them um there's no real you know I don't think there's been any stereotyping it's just it's a scary word. It's it's scarier. Yeah. It is a scary word, and I think that's something that I'd love to kind of maybe learn a little bit more about, teach other people about it as I'm learning about it. Because I, you know, even though I've been having these episodes and seizures for years, I didn't have a name to it, so I didn't know what to research or what to look into. So um, that's kind of just telling people about it. You know, if if someone's if you see someone feeling weak or looking. Kind of a bit funny, maybe ask them if they're okay, and if, you know, maybe also check their wrist. Are they wearing a medical ID? Because that's what I wear now, you know, on the wrist. Just show I don't have it on me now because I'm at home, but it's yeah, yeah. So, um, but I would, t- I would tend to wear it out just in case, you know. But at the moment in time, my parents aren't letting me out of their sight, or you know, Cahill as well. I'm always with someone, so I'm lucky like that. I'm actually. Even though it's it's unfortunate, I'm still very fortunate that I'm in this position that I can actually be looked after, you know. Mm, yeah, I'm sure it must be very hard, though, because I'd say it does feel a bit like you've lost some of your independence if, if you are kind yeah. of reliant on on your friends and family as much as like, obviously, they love to be yeah. there for you. It's more like yourself, probably you feel a bit like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I think like losing you know being able to drive and stuff that's obviously tough and I suppose you kind of at the start I was kind of panicking you know thinking this is going to be a massive change but I think you just have to adapt and like humans are mad for adapting quickly um so just doing things a little bit differently now and it actually hasn't been too bad the start was rough rough as nails I was having about three or four seizures a day when I first started the tablets but like I'm so lucky that I'm at home all the time now and you know even after a seizure you have to be looked after for you know up to 30 minutes just to make sure that you're not you know you're not choking because you, the thing is with seizures when you have the ones I've been having I, I'm choking so you know you're not getting knocked into the brain so it's you need to kind of make sure that the person is okay afterwards um so it's great with working from home and you know everyone's here <laughs> so they can't they can't escape me um so yeah that's it that attitude going it's definitely a mental thing definitely not letting it beat you because at the end of the day I can't there's nothing I can do what well, I'm not going to just throw in the towel just because I've been given there's a lot worse out there so I think I just have to take every day as it comes and if you have a bad day just if it's a bad day get on with it like you know have 
have a load of chocolate, have a like have a bath or whatever, have watch TV, just do something nice that you would do anyway. So yeah. That's a great attitude. Like seriously a great attitude. Um I know when I when I got diagnosed, um I was nineteen no, I just turned eighteen actually, because otherwise it would have been um so young. Like ch- children. There's a there's a children's version. Claro has it actually. Legend. Um Okay. <laughs> Love her. But uh, <laughs> I remember, like, uh, sorry, mine came on in me, like, um, incredibly aggressively. So, like, within a week, I wasn't able to walk, wasn't able to yeah. sit down, wasn't able to do anything. And they thought it was just skimboarding because yeah, I had been skimboarding all summer. Like, I bought my first board and I literally used to spend like eight hours. So they thought yeah. that it was like something had maybe bit me and I had a parasite in my feet because I couldn't it's not like I was like walking on glass and so then eventually like you said as well they were like oh it's fibromyalgia and then my doctor was like no it's definitely not arthritis she's way too young to have arthritis which is the biggest common misconception with with arthritis anyway Mm -hmm. specifically rheumatoid yeah and but then I remember my like asking the specialist when I finally did see her I was like so like how long does it take to be healed? And she was like, oh, yeah, there, it, it, there's no cure. And I just like burst out crying. I was like, yeah. fuck you for real. Um, and, and I was so, like, I got obviously into an incredibly dark place because mm-hmm. there was so much I couldn't do again. I had to go and like injections, things like that. My mom had to give me some of them. Um, and I was obviously in pain like constantly for, for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but but it's really hard to keep that attitude of like like positivity going and like mm-hmm. being able to and particularly and I'd imagine as well in in a pandemic well sorry as you said it's great that you have people working from home at the moment yeah, in your house yeah. but even like getting you know getting out with some friends for like a drink or something or ca- like casual like outdoors mm-hmm. like just to take your mind off it it's not really a time that you're sort of able to do that yeah. so I'm sure that's my heart as well um, yeah I think but, just using that energy elsewhere you know <laughs> or going for a sleep I always love my now I have an excuse you know people can't give out <laughs> to me which is great you know people use I used to on Christmas day I would always slag me I would do you know have four naps on Christmas day but like <laughs> it's, it was because the doctor said to me it's like your your brain was constantly like this was seizing so like you know you were wrecked and now I'm like it makes sense you know everything kind of just like starts to slot into place you're like Jesus that makes sense <laughs> like I was even though everyone was like oh she's such a snoozer but you know I was just tired all the time and they checked my bloods and they were saying you know there's nothing coming up in your blood so you know you're not deficient in anything or there was all these and I just couldn't make sense of it I actually yeah. just couldn't wrap my head around why I would just have these you know blackouts and lose consciousness and and I think as well, doctors do panic a bit when, when they can't, if you're not textbook, which I'm sure yeah. exact same as you, Claude, it's like, you know, you weren't textbook, you didn't fit the mold of, you know, you know, this is when arthritis is meant to come on, especially mm-hmm. rheumatoid arthritis, it's not meant to come on this early. And, you know, if you don't fit that mold, they they panic because they're so used to, from my experience is what I've experienced, that they so used to having to give an answer quickly. You know, yeah. this is this is what and if they can't give that to you, you do get frustrated. But, you know, I've been in a, a hospital for two years, being literally prodded, like scanned everything. And, I, you know, I just happened to 
go to the right doctor at the right time and then it, it came up and a lot of people they say I think it's one in three people who actually have epilepsy haven't wow. been diagnosed with epilepsy so like oh my God. there's so many people who are having these episodes who are uh, you know and uh, they, they, they do say more women than men uh you know get that kind of label of an anxious woman or whatever uh, yeah. so I think my advice to people who maybe are going through the same thing or have experienced this even if it's once you know it shouldn't be happening you shouldn't be having these blackouts you know push for those answers don't give up because if there's something it feels like something is wrong and if you feel you're unwell and you don't feel like yourself if there's a sudden change in how you feel or you're feeling or you're sleeping whatever my experience is keep going don't yeah. take no no for an answer uh women just happen to be told you know you're an anxious woman or whatever hyster- hysterical woman that's a load of crap you know if there's something wrong we're we're very strong we carry children you know we push children out of us as as you know women go we're very strong and i think that's my advice is just to keep going until you get an answer and if you're not happy with it get a second opinion get a third opinion whatever fully yeah yeah um actually even with getting a new doctor or a specialist over here um i've never considered trying to get another specialist in ireland and i had the same one for nine years yeah, yeah. Um, and he has been super helpful because he's running all these new tests took me yeah, off yeah. some of my medication um is really like honest because he's like you're young you should be healthy uh, mm-hmm. if you ever want kids you need to be off these meds so like let's yeah. see what we can do we're all just like snappy and stuff so like a second opinion yeah, yeah. is also a great idea and also I'd recommend if someone is going through something that they feel is not normal or something new is happening also yeah, yeah. to take notes of it and yeah, yeah. like keep schedule or diary or and you might notice some trends that will be super helpful to give to your GP or specialist particularly GP because yeah, yeah. they're like so in the dark at the beginning um, mm-hmm. that it can take a while so anything extra that you can give to them super great yeah I think the two of us it's so funny the two of us like we've been through the works in terms of medical stuff so I think we have a fair bit of experience but again like you know every person every individual is different and what works for you is not going to work for everyone else but like yeah I fully agree with you there give them as much information and you know and the more you like email them (laughs) tell them that's that's keep on it because that's what I did I said look when I went on my first set of medications for epilepsy, which like just my seizures went through the roof, changed completely. I was blacking out, passing out, hitting my head and all the likes. And I kind of had that, went back to that mentality of, oh, maybe I should kind of just say say nothing. And my parents were like, would you stop? Go on and tell him. And then once I told him, he was like, this isn't normal. You have to come in. <laughs> but I was literally about to go on with like, just sit in my hands, feel absolutely dirt um and you know be violently ill I couldn't walk I actually was losing the ability to walk my body was seized up so much I was hunched over it's 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 really when you look back and it you're like oh, I'm stone mad just no yeah, literally just... I remember being on the phone too and yeah. you were like yeah no I've had like six seizures today but yeah. it, it could be the new medication I was like that means it's surely not working <laughs> surely not like so yeah, like, what do you do? yeah. But, um, also so much easier said Mm. from an outsider perspective than like the person who's actually going through it but yeah yeah um okay so on to something slightly more happy your engagement to the love of your life Woo-hoo. Okay, <laughs> <my father. laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually more fight than I do that. But um, I'm literally like still looking at it being like, this is nuts. Like I still, I feel like it's, it's like I was thinking about it last night. I was like, it's such a, when you go outside the house because it's like a badge of honor or something. I don't know why. I'm so proud to wear it because, you know, you know, because, oh, you know, you know what it, it, it's so sappy, but it's like, you know what it's representing and stuff like that and like what, what it's linked to, even though I am quite private in terms of my like emotions and how I feel and stuff if I like really like if you're special to me I keep that very close to my heart and you know even though I might share stuff on social media and stuff or whatever on Instagram like I how I actually feel is very much you know a private thing so when people ask me about it and stuff I'm like oh it was such a special time for the two of us and I think it's actually been great that it's in a pandemic because I I feel like I do, sometimes there's this charade of having to you know talk to everyone about it obviously I'm going to talk to my friends and family who are special to us and like we're close to but you know putting on this charade of oh like this is how it happened and stuff I think like it just happened like this is obviously it's whatever's happened but like that day was was ours and we went away and it was the best thing ever just being the two of us so yeah very, yeah. very happy yeah sorry I also didn't mean by like like what did he what did he say what did he do although if I ever oh, did yeah, get on I and the guy didn't get on his knee I'd be wrecked but I feel like I'd get on my knee just like <laughs> you know, you'd push him <laughs> down, yeah. like, uh, you'd be like get down <laughs> yeah I feel like you'd propose, Cox. I feel like, I feel like you'd be the one. You'd be like, I genuinely, whether it's to a guy or a girl, like I feel like you would be the one. And I don't know why. Like I wouldn't. My ex asked, said this loads to me as well. Also, I was like, I feel like yeah. you're going to propose. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Even though like the whole getting down on the knee, like it is like overwhelming when it happens because like I genuinely was like in shock, even though, Obviously, the two of us had, um, we had picked the ring out together and stuff and we'd spoken about it. It wasn't something that I think for the type of person that I am and like what I like and stuff is I like to be in the know. <laughs> so I do like to like, you know, factor it in, you know, and I think it's a massive decision and um, everyone's mm-hmm. different. Some people like to be like completely surprised and completely, you know, taken off guard. But I, I still was completely taken off guard, but I did like yeah. to kind of know that it was on the way um 100 because i'm obviously have issues with control so that's that's all coming into play so i was like what's going on but like yeah it, it's really it's such a it's it's a mad kind of thing oh to get God. my head around still you know and like we i've kind of with all this stuff that's going on my health and stuff we have it it has gone on the back burner a bit and in but when we're together and it's just the two of us we get so excited and we're just like yeah. oh my god this is crazy like he'll be looking at my hands and he'll be like I can't believe this and I'm like I know it's actually nuts but it's 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 definitely being like a saving grace in all of this as well and um, yeah I think it was probably even though I'm have you know I've been in that hospital and sick and stuff I think it was really really nice to have those days to that I genuinely when we went away and when it happened I think I had like two seizures over the whole weekend which when this is when I was in like the worst part of it and that was amazing like I just my body was like nope we're enjoying this moment so 
Oh yeah. my god. So good. Like yeah. such good news. Like I was actually fucking like crying. Like, I was so happy. Because <laughs> oh. like even though it was so clear that like you guys are made for each other, like so clear. Yeah. And um, even though you are like even though I've seen you together and it's like you you're the love of each other's lives, like it's very obvious. And mm. um, but still hearing that news is just like oh my god made my fucking week like it's so oh, oh and so. now it's like perfect because if I do I've got if I don't get married I'm just gonna have a massive party and I, you guys are gonna yeah. sing a duet at it and yeah, I feel like I'll be married and divorced a couple of times <laughs> that's okay that's so fine like literally like some people are just like I feel like I don't know everyone thinks if someone gets engaged or whatever they feel they're like panicking and they're like that's where I should be at I'm like or and they also think as well I've noticed that people might say things that like I don't know oh like I'm a mess and getting drunk I'm doing this and that and you're getting engaged it's like no I still do that (laughs) I'm still capable of being that person as well and just because you're I I think that you know you think oh you're engaged you're your life's together no there's so many so many aspects that I'm just absolutely nuts and as you can see when you live with me you know what I'm like um <laughs> but yeah I think we're all so different and like that's the thing as well is like you know 26 getting engaged people think they're like oh Jesus that's quite young but for me it just felt right and I think with him it felt right as well it just felt like let's do it I'm not the type of person uh just to sit back and wait just to get oh yeah I'm 28 now it's okay to get engaged now we're allowed now society said yeah it's literally like society will be comfortable because I know for a fact and people listening to this they'll they'll have felt uncomfortable that I got engaged at 26 I don't really care because I don't do you know what I mean it it, it is fact like if you look it's it's so true people are like oh wild like people yeah and people will say certain things and you pick up on it like I'm very good at picking up on these things that go I just can't believe it's so mad and it's like that's your way of being uncomfortable with this but saying it to my face but like look it's whatever yeah. it's like people people are people and if if mm-hmm. it makes them feel uncomfortable they have to say something just I don't know it's a way of controlling or whatever they're going real deep into society and all that jazz but um we're both very happy and excited uh we don't really know yeah. when we'll get well you know we might just do a small ceremony and dinner and like a big party um I don't think he's mad for having a big wedding uh I keep being like <laughs> 160 people and he's like 30 <laughs> I'm like 200 people you know I'm like because it's the first wedding you know it has to be everyone but like yeah yeah Feck it, like I'm not spending a load of money on something that's for one day whereas you know we're getting the house and stuff and we're going to start work on that this year so that's where yeah. our money's going so oh so exciting there's so many things as well like even buying a house during a pandemic like mm. that's huge like, huge news actually mm. when because I remember when we were living together I think the it was going to be there was something to do with when we were finishing the lease you'd probably be moving yeah. in is that still like the date ranger so we're probably pushing it out a bit because just with everything that's gone on with my health and stuff I think he will be in work most you know obviously for the day I'll be working from home 
just until my seizures are under, under control and they look like they're getting into that space where you know it's been a week now so hopefully it continues um so that I, I need to be with someone um during the day so we're pushing it out a little bit a little bit but look it's all gonna I'm I'm not panicked about it I'm just like yeah it is what it is I suppose I think like with the pandemic everyone's like you know the only thing you can really control at this stage is like how you're reacting to certain things and your attitude because like there's nothing else you can control because the government are telling us this there's nuts people over in the US making everyone go tapped crazy like there's so much madness going on um so yeah I feel like just put the blinkers on and like try get from A to B I think that's the you know you wake up in the morning and try have a good day if you don't feck it like that's what I'm doing anyway like last week I had a bad day and I was like just feeling crap and then the next day I woke up and I was like Jesus I feel great do you know like so I don't know come like let it come and go whatever when we're ready to go and get the mortgage sorted and stuff um we'll be moving in and putting a bit of work into it and stuff so I'll be a real a real country woman then you know <laughs> oh but literally this is my like how I picture my life in like three years time right I like come back from Ireland, <laughs> from from Amsterdam, uh, wads of cash in hand to set up Ireland's lesbian <laughs> bar because Street Sixty Six is closing. By the way, what? that was where we had our last pot. That was where we the last club we went to before lockdown. That's when we lost our marbles that night. <laughs> but anyway, and Barack Obama <laughs> having the lavas. Oh my God, um, George Clooney doing Mooney. Honestly, I still say that. Like, that is a nut game. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to come back. I'm going to have a shit ton of money. going to open up uh, a gay bar or a lesbian bar. Okay. And then I'm going to drive to Kildare, to your house. <laughs> and then I'm going to just, this is my picture. I'm just going to be like lying on your and Cahill's lap, just <laughs> eating scones and bread bread. <laughs> I'll literally be like, Cahill would be like really, really large and fat because I'll have fed him so much cake. <laughs> He'll literally have like, you know, those like, what are they called? Back belly. Um, because he's so large and it's just going to be full of scones. And I'm, I'm going to be like, Delia Smith. No, I'm honestly, yes. I'd love to open up. Um, I would love to, to open up like a, a little cafe kind of space. Um, oh, yes. And just bake all day because like that's when I I get so chilled out and relaxed is when I bake and cook and stuff. Uh, um, um, like you know that was anytime. <laughs> <laughs> that was the highlight though of for my like lockdown was being in the same house as you and having things baked for me like every day or cooked for me like every day. Like you literally were my mother, but like your food. When I made the cookies over here, like I genuinely almost cried. I haven't baked anything since. Uh, no. I'm so disappointed about it. Like you just can't replicate uh, like yours. I would just stop. I just lob a load of butter and sugar in. You know you're going to be doing all right if you have those two in your cakes. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, it's good. Yeah, come here. Anyway, um, I'll try. Oh, sorry, I have a bit more. Love language. What was your love language, actually? I think it's gifts. No, I tell you <laughs> Which is really, really pathetic. I think it was. And, like, that doesn't surprise me. But, like, gifts um, is in... It fits in the acts of service, I think. So it's, like, essentially, like, service, someone's yeah. doing something for you without you having to ask them. To ask. Because it's, yeah. it's really yeah, and I. Yeah, I love that. I love 
even like small things like just I don't know like making you a cup of tea and like just coming in with a cup of tea like that you were always so good for that in the house like you just get a little knock on the door I need tea and you're like oh love you're like shocked no you definitely did or like I'd come down and be tea there so the other way I'd always start making the tea forget about it (laughs) yeah that's probably because I was having a bloody seizure because that's honestly like that's the thing I'm having the seizures yeah yeah yeah, having a seizure I was probably having a little fucking cat nap but um yeah I think stuff like that I love and like I tend to do it to myself all the time I'm like oh good treat yourself self-love is real no it's not Claudia it's not good for my bank account it's it's (laughs) my mom's like there's another delivery going to come to this house I swear to god it's getting awkward with the delivery man you know it's like you're like, should we be on a first name basis? I don't know. We should have been. Yeah. Like, I asked, we were on, I think, were you on first name basis in the Liberties? No. Remember, he was like, Jesse. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesse. <laughs> I was like, this is getting awkward. You definitely think I have a problem, which I do. But, um, um, sorry, so funny that you say that because my roommate thinks that I have a problem with online shopping because every day I get a new package. <laughs> Stop. It's probably your packages are probably like DIY, actually useful stuff. You know, it's like, like oh, I got a drill. I got a full drill kit. Like, so I now officially I own three drills. Just one of them is here, and two of them are in Honestly, I've never met anyone like you. Like in terms, I was only thinking about the other day though. I made it. Did you see my new coffee table? I got made that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. well, I was actually like, Claudia would be really impressed with this. Um, it was really easy to assemble, but so I was thinking. I might get a toolkit for my birthday. I'll give you one of my drills in Ireland. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it. And then your birthday is like real soon. It's 22nd or 23rd? 21st. 21st? I have... Oh, okay. I need to write that down because I have your birthday in twice in my calendar. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That's like the left and the right brain panicking. (laughs) When is it? (laughs) Yeah. Um... Yeah, sorry. Okay, I'll give. Oh shit! Well, I won't be home, but I'll get someone to um, fish it out. Stop I think it. you still need the drill bits, though. Actually, you can just have my full toolkit. Like I've no use. No, for it. no, no. Oh my god, it could be like the home. the traveling pants sisterhood. Okay, yeah, I can work with that. <laughs> Drop it off at Ashen's house next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ashley will be like, um, I can pay like a handyman to do all this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh god. Oh stop. Um, okay, and then last last thing before we get into the closing was I I know this is super long. Um, just a quick few maybe tips on how best to deal with conflict, whether it's like friends or family and stuff. Because this is something Jessica does really well for anyone listening. And um, it's mm. the thing that I admire most about her, and I want to learn the most. So this is really really just for me to have in her credit <laughs> form. Very self indulgent of you. um I think I don't know I definitely wouldn't be I know you think I'm great at it but I worked for when I worked with Peter McFerry we did like de-escalation and stuff um I think that's where I started to use it um I think as well I in stressful situations I always get like really calm which is quite scary for some people it's like sociopathic but it's not that in that type of way it's just um it's how I I don't know how I manage it myself. It's just kind of not raising your voice, kind of taking it down a notch. And I think when you take that, if you don't fight, as like they say, fire with fire and stuff like that, um, and if you kind of bring that calmness back into it, 
uh, that definitely helps the situation. And I think as well, if you start interjecting, you know, if someone's having, you know, if they're really angry with you, I think you need to let them have their moment and not start interjecting how you feel in the situation because that's just going to make you more angry. You know, if someone's like, well, I feel this way about the situation. It's like, no, let them get it off their chest first. You know, I don't know, take it down a notch, use your calmness, just listen to people. Um, and as well, what I do in certain situations, if, you know, if I'm definitely gotten better at this over the years, even with Cahill, like, I, I I just, if I know I'm going to say something like really quickly, because you can do those things, you know, you're in, in a passionate oh, yeah. situation, you know what, you know, especially in a relationship and you're like, you're like, I'm ready to snap. I just, now I just don't say anything and I literally just put my phone away because, or I pick up the phone. That's probably the best thing I do is just pick up the phone. If we're getting into miscommunication, texting back and forth and I'm like, nah, not having this, this is childish let's just pick up the phone and speak face to face or whatever, like FaceTime. And like over lockdown, I, our relationship, myself and Cahill's has gotten so much better because we did that. We were forced into that type of communication. It was mm-hmm. like, no, no, we're not getting into this stupid, like literally childish, like back and forth texting. Like we're not 12. We don't, we're not on Snapchat. Yeah. To each other. Like we're in the serious relationship. So we'd pick up the phone and like, just, okay. We obviously missed the mark here. Communication was off, which is, always the way with texting I feel like it's you, you don't humor never comes across on like whatsapp or whatever like you can say something think you sound absolutely gas and they'll see it as they might be in bad form look at their phone after something happening in their real life like you know be saying yeah. work, something's not gone well pick up their phone see you say something that's completely probably uh, reflecting what's in the current situation they're seeing that and going hold on a second here I'm ready for <laughs> to draw blood so I think yeah I would always straight away pick up the phone and just say, look, this is not what I meant or whatever. Because I can't, like, I'd be, have to admit it, like, I can definitely put my foot in it through texting. So I, I hate that type of conflict. I hate that type of, like, yeah. oh, I don't want to talk to you because I'm going to be marrying this person and spend the rest of my life with this person. So, I, you know, if we have kids together, I don't want them to see that type of interaction. And we've just completely done a 360, you know, with 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 how we communicate and I think yeah my advice is stop the texting and pick up the phone yeah actually I did notice that I remember uh any times there was like kind of miscommunications you that the first thing you do you'd be like here I have to just ring him because like I'm talking and we're we're, this is (laughs) unclear and then you'd come down and you'd be like laughing like and it went a lot well sorry my relationships haven't been that healthy but (laughs) (laughs) Everything <laughs> does not help and I'm queen like I'm a fucking kill always says it he's like you're basically a keyboard warrior because in person <laughs> I start like shit like in person I get so upset I just cry like I get real angry yeah. Yeah. red face like you said you know how you were like I go calm I'm the opposite <laughs> and but at least if I'm texting like I can be like eloquent and I can be like mm-hmm. but it's terrible it always backfires um you're dead right I need to start ringing people actually also yeah. like um I took a walk you'd be so proud actually I got in a fight on Christmas Eve mm. and even though I did shout a little bit I maintained my cool yeah and definitely was the bigger person I won't say oh. who it was with uh, <laughs> text me after <laughs> no, I'm joking <laughs> 
but um yeah that's such that's such good advice though particularly if it's over the phone I think also yeah. you're incredibly difficult to try and like fight with like I've tried it <laughs> I tried so many times, so many times. <laughs> and then you just come out of it and you're like why do I feel so calm I was so angry a minute ago <laughs> like, oh, she is actually, when I was baking for you baking for you Claudia I was actually injecting the food with a lot of um what are they called muscle relaxants <laughs> so you were like why do I feel so calm it's because I've put that into the baking no but like I just I think like with fighting and stuff I suppose maybe it's having three brothers and stuff. It's just not entertain. I just don't want to entertain having. Like I, I will debate with you hundred percent. Love those type of chats, but I really, really just couldn't be bothered with it. Um, I suppose we've both seen it in the last year or so how precious life is, and um, you know things change so quickly. Uh, you know, imagine your last. You know, words were, you know, quite you know harsh or whatever they were to that person, and I think that's something that I read years ago you know never go to bed angry at your other half or whoever you're you're in a not in a relationship with whoever you have a close relationship with never go to bed angry and I'd never want to leave the room with that type of situation um so that's that's something that's now I don't do it all the time but like look 100% don't do it but I'd rather just say I'd rather you say it to my face and say you've pissed me off um you've done this you've done that then going around angry, me not knowing why. Because you both start thinking, okay, I don't know what I've done here, you know, because you're not expressing it to me. So that's why maybe, you know, if you if, if you ever wanted to have an argument with me, I just don't want to get into that space because I'd value... I know we, we have debates and stuff and we, have, we might have difference of opinions and I've definitely learned so much from you over the past couple of years. But like, I'm not going to get into a pissy mood with you because you've said something I'd rather you make me feel uncomfortable and sit there and still talk to you <laughs> and then let's get to a space where we can both leave the room happy that we're not going to be angry at each other you know yeah for sure yeah those debates yeah always get a bit heated but never well I haven't found with you but I do get passionate passion can sometimes be misconstrued as heated as well particularly with my family and uh, <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> to be continued. TBC, yeah. So lastly, if is there any like big learnings you've had this week? Any book recommendations, any song recommendations or an Irish company to support or more than one? OK, OK, I'll give you a real. I know we're, we're near the end here. Uh, I'm re- my brother, as I said, bought Atomic Habits and honest to God, it's brilliant. Now I've signed James Clear. Is this guy? If you read his book and kind of, kind of, you can read it on online and stuff. Um, but you can sign up, and he sends out every Thursday, like weekly, um, kind of bits of advice. He's not a scientist. He's not someone who's like studied all of this. He's just someone who's learned from making mistakes and all that jazz. And I kind of appreciate that more than someone kind of coming down your throat, being like, "This is the right way," and all these self help kind of bullshit books. Because you know, there's so much about all that on the market. But this guy is just talking about mm-hmm. habits and how. Yeah small little changes you know that one percent change you know down the line if you make a one percent change down the or every week or whatever it is it's going to have a massive impact on your life and uh i really like it so i think whoever is listening to this and yourself god you should listen to it yeah. it's very For good sure. it's very real and um, no nonsense speaking of habits 
Oh, see, habits, rituals, I love it. Having little rituals, little habits. Um, you know, habits as well can be negative habits as well. So you need to acknowledge that, that we might do stuff that don't benefit us. Uh, so you need to understand that space as well, which the book kind of goes, he really dives into that. I'm only at the start of it, but really loving it so far. Um, and then songs. I, I'm just loving Ziggy Alberts. He is so cool. He's very cool. He's Australian. Um, he's just very easy to listen to. I think I found him on one of those like. Found him on one of those like. Very chill. It's so you you know you go drive. Even though I can't drive, <laughs> fucking epilepsy. But um, <laughs> but you know when you go driving and you're listening to that type of music, uh, it's very easy to listen to. And then I'm gonna do a plug. Obviously, Megan Rush Prince. I. I'm, she's actually downstairs at the moment and I was saying to her I was like I'm going to do a plug for you what should I say but she, do, she does like custom prints and stuff very cool um, lovely stuff so get your orders in she can do them on jump jumpers you like I think you've loads of prints um, loads I have two actually hanging up I'll see if I can show them there's a Dublin one lovely and there is Two sexy ladies. I think you can only see black, maybe because the yeah, kind of, but um, two naked ladies. <laughs> wouldn't be black. like you. Wouldn't be like you. I have so many paintings <laughs> of naked women in my house, and my roommate did. So there's officially three vaginas in the set. No, there's four. Oh, me, my roommate, and then like two paintings that we both did. Did you do them? Did you do like a paint by like or paint a prosecco night or something? No, uh, no, she did it before I moved in. <laughs> I did one before I moved in as well. And so then God. there's a photo, there's a painting of anal. There's an anal painting in our kitchen. It's so funny. And then we oh, might okay. get like joint nudes, a, oh. like a photo shoot. I was telling you about that, I think. No, like, do you know what? At this stage, nothing you said shocks me. And I'm like, you don't even, I know for a fact when you say something, it's, it's going to happen. Do you know, like, it's not like, oh, I'm talking a load of geek here. It's actually going to happen. It's like, oh, I did this. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, no, I genuinely did it. I'm like, oh, God, of course you did. But I'm, I'm all here for that. I'm here for that energy. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm all here for that. I'm here for that energy. I drive myself on, like, actually sticking to yeah. shit. Like, I might start a podcast. Well, here we are. <laughs> An hour and a bit in. <laughs> or I taking those sleeping tablets. Oh, God. Like, that was such good buzz. Even though that's not healthy, I don't recommend that medically. But remember, we, we did that podcast. Oh, you need to find that. And it was such muck we were talking. I reckon I, I could find, I think we did an intro song to it. I reckon I could maybe put it in. <laughs> Literally, realistically, no one is oh, going to be listening this far along. Except for us re-listening to this at some stage. So. No, oh, they'd literally be like... I don't think I'll ever be able to listen to it again because I'd be like... Is that genuinely how I sound? Am I that conceited? Honestly. Yeah, I think my airpods are dying. I think that's a sign. An an hour and thirteen minutes. <laughs> All right. We'll let we'll, we'll leave. good luck with the edit edit. Okay. So uh thank you so thank much for having me, Claude. For being my first guest. And have a lovely sleep. Woo-hoo.